If you're a Star Trek fan, you know about the Borg. And you've probably heard in some of those shows featuring the Borg that you would hear this, resistance is futile. Well, guess what? Resistance is a thing. Let's talk about it. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. I recently finished reading an outstanding book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. If you don't immediately recognize the name Stephen Pressfield, let me just share with you that he's an accomplished writer with titles such as Last of the Amazons and The Legend of Bagger Vance that are to his credit. But The War of Art is a sharply focused read, and it's generally directed to those who pursue art in all its forms. His main point is, is that most, quote, artists are essentially amateurs who pursue their passions if and when the muse appears. By contrast, the professional artist doesn't wait for the muse. The professional puts the work in and is dedicated to the work regardless of the circumstances. And magically, for the professional, the muse shows up. And what the professional does that the amateur cannot is effectively battle and win against resistance. Pressfield describes resistance as if it's a metaphysical thing. It's like it's a specter. And it's constantly trying to thwart you of all your best efforts to be creative. Now, while his book is focused on the creativity of the arts, we can substitute that our efforts in our particular business, you know, to get creative and whether you're a financial institution or whatever your business is, there's work that must be done if we're going to get innovative, to get creative. And, and Pressfield is saying, if you're going to do that, then don't be an amateur, be a professional. Our pressing to get creative, to foster thinking and ultimately yield true innovation is what resistance will work aggressively to counter. So in the furtherance of that goal, Pressfield gives resistance the following attributes. Resistance is invisible, can't be seen, touched, or smelled, but it can be felt. Resistance is internal. It is self-perpetuated and self-generated. It is the enemy within. Resistance is insidious. It will tell you anything to keep you from doing your work. Resistance is implacable. It's like the Terminator or the creature from Alien. It cannot be reasoned with. Resistance is impersonal. It doesn't know or care who you are. It's a force of nature and it acts objectively. Resistance is infallible. The stronger that resistance is at work, the more important is the outcome that we're trying to achieve. Resistance is universal. Everyone experiences resistance. Resistance never sleeps. The fight against resistance begins anew each and every day. Resistance plays for keeps. It's not interested in wounds or industry or injury. It seeks to kill. Resistance is most powerful at the finish line. As the finish line gets into sight, resistance ramps up the pressure on us to quit. Resistance recruits allies. 
It actively solicits sabotage by others, family, friends, tradition, peer pressure, and so forth. And resistance is fueled by fear. It has no strength of its own. We feed it with the power of fear. Pretty interesting list, don't you think? Now, if you uh, have read any of my recent posts or listened to uh, podcasts on failure, you'll know that my thinking is, is that the fear of failure is the largest single issue that a business must overcome if we want to truly become innovative. But the long list of attributes that I just read identify resistance as the very embodiment of the mountain we must overcome to achieve even the smallest of innovation gains. The tools and tricks that resistance uses to keep us from making any progress include procrastination, self-doubt, which leads to self-editing, concern about what others will think, social mores, and corporate decorum. Now, there's so much that I could detail about this great book by Pressfield, but I'll just highlight one specific area here. How Pressfield educates about resistance and fear. Being fearless is not a great attribute. It can get us into a lot of trouble. But allowing fear to ground us into inertia is equally bad. Fear is what allows us to be cautious about experiencing a bear when we're hiking. But fear can disable our ability to remediate that situation if we walk into a clearing and there's a mother bear with two cubs across the field. Shouting at the bear or making any kind of excited utterance is not a good idea if we haven't been spotted. And if we overcome our initial urge to react, we can respond by quietly backing out of the clearing and walking around. Now, Pressfield states that if we're fearful about our work, we need to realize that that's a good thing. Fear is a barometer for us of what is worth pursuing. Our fear is pointing to the importance of that activity. If it meant nothing to us, resistance in the form of fear would not press so hard against it. So, what can we do to overcome resistance and achieve the needed goals of getting creative and achieving meaningful innovations? By taking on the attitude of the professional. Pressfield speaks to this concept of being a professional. Now, you should read his book, but I'll summarize his thoughts on this one concept. The professional is committed full time. Our goals of creativity and innovation cannot be an avocation. It must be our vocation. So important that we would not allow anything from stopping us to achieve it. And resistant hates it when we turn pro. So if you're open to going pro on creativity and innovation, what are the attributes of the professional? Here's a list. The professional is patient perseveres through adversity and stays the course, does not give up. The professional seeks order, remains focused, and avoids chaos. The professional demystifies. Uh, it avoids the overglorification of the process a pro just executes. The professional acts in the face of fear. Don't wait to overcome fear. Proceed. Work. And then fear fades away. The professional accepts no excuses. It will not allow resistance to even get a small victory. Oh, you don't have to be creative today. You'll, you'll have plenty of time to work tomorrow. The professional is prepared, accepting that the resistance will press and is mentally ready to do battle. The professional does not show off. It's not necessary to draw attention to our efforts. A pro just 
executes. The professional master's techniques, tried and true techniques, will give us a blueprint for ongoing execution. The professional does not hesitate to ask for help. Even the greatest athletes and actors all have coaches. And the professional does not take failure personally. The professional is tough-minded and assesses work objectively, regardless of any criticism or praise. Now, it's possible that as uh, businesses, you know, we can take up the mantle of encouraging all of our employees to take on this attitude of the professional and be creative and ultimately innovative. Could that work? Sure, it could absolutely happen. But the attitude of going all in on innovation must begin at the top and then consistently applied throughout the organization. And then persist, press on to overcome resistance. Because if your organization goes pro, not just an individual, not just you, but if your whole organization goes pro on innovation, then resistance will rise up to quench any innovation that might spark. I've already talked in previous podcasts about the fear of failure. But perhaps an even greater fear is the fear of success. We get comfortable with the operation of our organization. And perhaps deep down in our core, we don't really want to innovate. We become different, not like the rest of our peers. We might lose some friendships along that journey. Ultimately, we must live up to the new emergent innovation or innovative organization. Much easier just to sit back and let innovation pass us by. If we do that, resistance leaves us alone because we're not challenging the status quo. And to that point, I would simply offer up a quote from the great American Theodore Roosevelt. In any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. But the worst thing is to do nothing. Let me say that again. In a moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing is the wrong thing. And the worst thing you can do is nothing. We can't afford to do nothing. Make it a point in your upcoming strategic planning sessions to make creativity and innovation a priority for your institution. It's time for you and your organization to go pro. Now, one quick footnote here. My sister, Linda Baskin, is a relatively new professional artist, and she's the one who sent me this book. If you want to take a look at her art, you can do that at www.bodazastudios.com. That's B-O-D-A-Z-Z-A-S-T-U-D-I-O-S.com, bodazastudios.com. Now, Linda and I often talk about creativity and innovation And this book that she sent me was like a huge kick in the pants for me. And I've already created and delivered a keynote on this very topic. So I encourage you to right now go to Amazon and get Stephen Pressfield's book, The War of Art. And I'll have a link to that Amazon book in the show notes. Enjoy. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.